Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome to Inspire's Midday Madness, live from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Tiger just uh, put one relatively close to the pin uh, from the the, uh, fairway and a nice uh, little layup effort from Tiger. Hasn't played well at all to this point. We're not going to talk about Tiger Woods this hour. Don't fear. But I just want to get a quick update because we've really never got updated on Tiger throughout the big show after he started. Uh, So I want to get a quick update here to start madness. Uh, What do you got on the update AR? Oof, it's not been a great first four holes uh, for Mr. Woods. He's on five right now. Like you said, he just had a nice little uh, lay onto the green for his approach. But out of his first four holes today, he has bogeyed three times. And especially his tee shots to start the day have not looked great. He's hooked a lot of stuff into the trees. And his just shots overall today, compared to where he was yesterday when he went minus one, so far in the front nine, not a great start. Not a great start, and it, you should point out as well, there's only two of them playing right now because the, the other guy left, right? Ustazen withdrew earlier today for injury reasons. And he was plus four after yesterday, so obviously he determined with whatever was going on with him that there was no way he was going to get close enough probably to make the cut, so he said, nah, I'm good, I'll see you later. Now the leader right now is still minus three. I mean, so... Again, even though he's at plus two and they're, he's on the fifth hole, plenty of time to get himself right back into this. I mean, if he can get Woods can get back to say even minus one, uh, and be you know two three shots off the lead going into Saturday, I think you take that. I think you definitely take that. You notice right there, he when he goes down to uh, look at his shot. I don't know if you saw that when he went knelt down to look at a shot. He can't kneel all the way, like. If you remember Tiger, he used to get like all the way down to kind of look at his putt before he took it. It's a it's kind of a slow uh, kind of look. Okay, good enough. And slowly kind of get back up and gingerly kind of walk. That That is um, something that is interesting. It, it was kind of like an old man knee bend and Tiger just missed yet another putt. That was a short putt too. Yep. He's been, he missed short putts all day yesterday. Same thing. That was for... Was that for par, or was that for birdie, that one? Uh, I think that was for par. That I, I, Again, I mean, this is a situation where if he's going to get this thing turned around today, obviously his drive has got to get better, but he's got to make he's got to make the makeable putts. I mean, to me, that's, that's the biggest deal. Yeah, he bogeyed five. So now he's at plus three. He's bogeyed four of the first five holes today. Uh, so far, I didn't see the greens of all the other ones as far as did he have par putts that were makeable or not. Um, but that one was certainly makeable and he didn't do it. There okay. were a few. And just last thing on this, the projected cut, I think, last I saw was two over. Two so over. He's right on the line. He's right there on the line at plus three. So we'll see what happens. Long way to go for Tiger Woods. Uh, only five holes in of 18 holes to play today. So. We'll see how that whole thing plays out. Uh, okay, so uh, coming up at 3 o'clock, Toby Altizer uh, will be in at 3 for Rami Makloff, and he'll take you to 6 o'clock. Now, normally it would have been 
uh, Eugene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show presented to you by Jim Daniels on South 27th Street today. Uh, but the Brewers and Cubs game got postponed earlier today. Uh, so they will make that up as part of a doubleheader now on Memorial Day, May 30th. There'll be a 12 o'clock start and I believe a 6 o'clock start uh, for those two games. So now the pitching rotation gets pushed back. So now Brandon Woodruff will get the start on Saturday. Uh, Adam going to the game on Sunday now gets to see Freddie Peralta Woo! instead of Adrian Hauser, which is a, a nice upgrade over watching Hauser. Uh, and then Hauser on Monday, Lauer on Tuesday, and then a TBA still for Wednesday. Because now this becomes the, okay, do we keep Burns for the home opener Thursday, right? Because you have a dome, so you're, we know we're going to play that game. So do you keep Burns for Thursday um, and let Ashby maybe start that game coming up next Wednesday? Do you play it that way? Or do you maybe bring up Ethan Small already uh, and let him make a start? Because they, he started right similar to uh, Corbin Burns, if, I, if memory serves correct, either the day before, day of, something like that. Um, so maybe Ethan Small gets an early crack at the rotation. My guess would be Ashby, and then they save Burns uh, for the Cardinals series next Thursday. That would be my guess of how it plays out, uh, but we'll see. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Brewers, though. Uh, here in the first half hour for sure. So yesterday we had Kurt Hogan uh, from the Walking Journal Central Brewers beat writer. He was on the Wendy's Big Show and uh, got into a conversation talking about you know the fact that Woodruff and Burns have a couple years left here before uh, they're going to have to get paid. Um, and then he brings up Willie Adamas, how he's going to be coming up on a contract, uh, needing a contract uh, extension uh, as well. Uh, and I just brought up to him like. Okay, but because he was saying, you know, they should extend Willie Adamas. But my point was, as long as you have this Christian Yelich weight as far as his contract goes, as part of this roster, okay, you might get one more decent sized contract that you'll be able to carry. But that's it. Like, unless there's some huge spike in payrolls across baseball, um, that's all you're going to get. You'll get one more guy. So at that point, you know, what do you do? Like, who who do you give the money to between Adamas, Woodruff, uh, and Burns? And this is what Kurt Hogue from the Walkie Journal Sentinel had to say. This is why I'm not David Stearns, who we were just talking to down on exactly. the field for a little bit. That's a, it's a tough call. They've got the, kind of the big three for extension guys at this point is Woodruff, Burns. And then I guess Adamas could kind of be thrown in that group as well. And, I mean, it's interesting. You kind of look at it from the player's perspective, right? Woodruff and Burns are... I think Woodruff is maybe two years away from free. They're Burns, both Burns and Woodruff are both the same. Both the same. Yeah. Both, so he's got this year and two more years. Yep. Okay. So they've probably been looking at some of these contracts that pitchers are getting on the open market. And I'm not, I'm not saying I, I know anything about what, you know, whether they would sign an extension or not, or if they want to test free agency, but I'm just saying if I was a starting pitcher and I just wanted to Cy Young, as much as I would love to play somewhere, you're going to have to pay me a, like, I'm not going to take that much of a hometown discount because I saw what, you know, what Max Scherzer got this offseason and, mm-hmm. and what Garrett Cole has got. Those guys are getting paid handsomely, and Burns will be younger than them when he goes into free agency, probably, what, about 30, 31 by that point. So um, it, it'll be it'll – be, that's, that's the conundrum. I mean, the Brewers have had trouble generating offense in the last few years, and so do we keep the guys that we have to – that are producing to, to to buoy that side of the ball, or you know, do we just keep going with our strength? And I'm sure they are interested in extending Woodruff and Burns. Obviously, who wouldn't be? But like you said, Sparky, I mean, there's not a huge history of super big extensions being signed by the you know the Brewers signing players with super big extensions. So it'll be maybe something for a little more down the road this off season. Maybe later in the season we'll hear some more talks, but nothing seems to be going on that front yet. All right, so let's lay this out. So, Willie Adamas, we'll start there, has arbitration, second year of arbitration next year at age 27 in 2023. Then third year of arbitration at age 28 in 2024, becomes an unrestricted free agent in 25. Brandon Woodruff has his second year of arbitration at age 30 in 23, 31 in 24, because I'm an unrestricted free agent in 25 at 32. He's going to be 32 before he hits it. If he doesn't assign an extension before that, Corbin Burns, he is an arbitration two guy next year at age 28 arbitration three year in 24. He becomes an unrestricted free agent at age 30 in 2025. So what we know is this, 
all of them will hit free agency together in 2025. So like Aaron Rodgers, we have three years. That's really what we're talking about here. We have a three-year window with these three players specifically and three of your better players, right? One of them, a Cy Young Award winner. Now, Willie Adamas, we'll see. We'll see if he can match what he did, obviously, last year, but he was great last year when they got him. I think far better than anybody thought he was going to be when he got here. So if, if Willie Adamas can be that guy again, uh, then that, that leads to some interesting things. So here's the question. Dial it up. Call in. You tell us uh, how you want this. Of the three, Adamas, Burns, Woodruff, who do you pay first? Because you're only going to be able to pay one of them, I think. I mean, I, I, we should look and see what shortstop money is for Willie Adamas in, in that range. But again, three years from now, it's going to be even more than what it is now. So who do you pay first? Of the Burns, Woodruff, and Adamas, of those three, where's the money going, Brewers fans? Because you have Yelich at $26 million through what, 2035 or something crazy like that? 2034, something insane like that. Um, so what, what do you what do you do? How far is no, it's not that long. What did I say the Yelich? How long did I say that Yelich deal was? Uh 2029, I think is what it is. Yes. Right? 2029. Yeah. So 2029, uh, you have Yelich through. So that's, you know, you would still have 25, 26, 27, 28, um, and 29 to still have to pay through. Uh, to go along with whatever money you give them. So say you give them a five-year deal, that's gonna be even up. With Christian Yelich. But boy, in 2030 AR, they are going to have a ton of money to spend. Oh, yeah. Start the decade off right. New decade, new brewers. So now you got to factor everything in. You have to factor in what do you have from a pitching perspective. You have to factor in what does the depth of the organization look like now from a pitching perspective. I think you have to factor in Trade-wise, trade value-wise, what brings you back the most if you're to trade one or two of them at some point uh, in the next three years? I think you also have to factor in um, which is a more safe play for the money that you've spent because you got burned on Braun. You are currently getting burned on Yelich unless he turns it around uh, sometime soon here. Uh, you're getting burned on that big long-term deal. I mean, if you're the if you're the Brewers and you're Mark Antonasio, you got to be a little gun shy right now on these extensions. You went and gave Braun all that money, and that bitch in the butt. You went and gave Yelich all that money, and you got bit in the butt again. Now both of those guys, obviously outfielders, both of those guys, obviously you're paying them to do something based on you know what what they do with the bat. Now if you're giving a long term deal. With big money attached to it, which one do you pay first? Woodruff, Burns, or Willie Adamas? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. I'll give you my answer. AR will give you his answer. All next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, AR. Aaron Rodgers. No, it's not Aaron Rodgers. It's Adam Roberts. How cool would that be if Aaron Rodgers was here, hanging out, producing Sparky's Midday Madness, right? Uh, probably never happening. Uh, Q Club of Wisconsin, baby. Baseball's going on. Lots of basketball left still to watch. A place to catch all the action while playing your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch all your favorite games on while you play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, foosball, table tennis, darts, pool tables, you name it, they got it. Shuffleboard, they got it all. And then while you're playing your games, you and your friends, your family, whatever, Get some food, get some drink, right? They got burgers loaded up, wraps, wings. Plus, they're Wednesday and Friday. Today's Friday. Fish fries, and they are piled. How, how does it go, Adam? The, the fish fries are piled. Let's do it together, Sparky. How high are these fish fries piled? <laughs> With all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or QClubOfWI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in... Waukesha. Okay, so talking about uh, this deal with the Milwaukee Brewers brought up yesterday by Kurt Hogue uh, and myself as far as what are they going to do? Who are they going to pay? I've said it before and I'll say it again. There is no way 
none that I am giving an extension to Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff in the next two years. Zero chance, not happening, not having the conversation, not at all. Because you're going, if you pay them now, unless the extension starts after the next two years, three years, you're going to put your hands and tie them behind your back by giving them all that money now and then really shrinking what you have to spend on payroll as you're trying to go compete for a World Series. The benefit as a baseball team, similar to a football team with a quarterback that's on a rookie contract, is simple. Listen, take advantage of your homegrown pitching that you have and build around it. Be able to spend the money on an Andrew McCutcheon. Go get that bet and, and pay him right? If the Yankees decide they're out of it later in the year and decide they're going to trade Aaron Judge, you know, as a rental type deal, now you can absorb the rest of that money, whatever it may be for the rest of the year, and you can go get yourself an Aaron Judge at the deadline if that's something you want. Or if the Yankees are out of it and they're looking to move on from Rizzo or whoever, now if that's something you want to explore, you explore that as well. I believe it's a couple year deal. I think Rizzo might have an opt out after this year and I have to look, but either way. So from that perspective, it gives you more money to use on sticks instead of let's go overpay Jeff Supon. Let's trade half the farm system for Zach Grinke to help the Royals win a World Series, right? That's what we've been used to a majority of our lives as Brewer fans, giving up all this crap to try and get pitching because we couldn't grow any on the farm. Now you actually got a bunch. Now you can take advantage Having Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta all under contract is like having a great rookie quarterback under contract on his rookie deal before you have to pay him. And that's why it's imperative in the next three years that they do go for it, essentially. That they do push chips in and say, we got to try and win this thing right now. Regardless if David Stearns is the president or regardless if Matt Arnold is the president or however this thing plays out after this year. Regardless of who's running it, the owner of this baseball team, in my opinion, has to be pushing on these guys. Let's kind of get ourselves over the line and finish this thing here. Because there's no guarantee that you're ever going to have three studs like you have in the pitching rotation anytime soon again. Yes, I like Andy Ashby. Yes, I like Ethan Small. Are they those three guys? I don't know. I have no idea, but I do know the three that we have right now are pretty dang good. I do know what you have now in the back end of the pen is Josh Hader, who's coming up on his deal here in a couple of years, and Devin Williams. Hader, it's not staying. If Hader wanted to stay, I think he would have signed an extension by now. I do. And if you're the Brewers, why are you going to give Hader all this money when you have to pay one or two of these guys that we're talking about between Burns, Woodruff, and Willie Adamas. Makes no sense to pay him. Makes more sense to trade him uh, and get back at least one guy that's kind of close to Major League ready that can come up and swing the bat for you. That makes more sense. You can get closers to put at the back of the pen for relatively cheap when you're ready to compete. You can go get those guys. Now, are they going to be hater good? Mm, no, maybe not. Maybe not hater good, but they'll be good enough to put at the back end of your bullpen so you have a closer. Maybe Devin Williams becomes your closer at the end of the day and you don't have to worry about it. For me, as I look at this with three years left on Adamas Woodruff uh, and Burns at this point, if I had to pick one where I'm going to go spend all my money, as of right now, this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to go Brandon Woodruff. Mm-hmm. Now, why am I going to go Brandon Woodruff? Because he's going to be the cheapest alternative of the three. That's why. He's going to be going into his age 32 season. You're not going to have a ton. I don't think. Maybe I'll be wrong. You're not going to have a ton of guys lining up to give him stupid amount of money because of his age. Right? So he's going to want, you know, that five-year deal similar to Lorenzo Kane to get him to like age 37 or whatever the case may be and try and get him through there. But it's not going to be at the same amount of money as Adamas, who will be going into free agency as his age 29 season. He's going to hit it. And Corbin Burns, same thing. 
I mean, imagine if Corbin Burns wins another Cy Young between now and the time he gets to free agency. It's going to be way out of the stratosphere expensive. So if you're going to pay one of those three, for me right now, I look at it and say, I want the cheapest guy. I know, small market, small town thinking, whatever. But if I'm going to pay one of them, I think it's going to be Brandon Woodruff. He's going to be the oldest. He's going to be the cheapest of the three. And the more most likely for you to be able to afford uh, at that moment in time to put with some of the other young pitchers like we talked about, Small and Ashby. AR Adam Roberts, I ask you the question we're asking on Twitter. Of those three, who do you sign first, Woodruff, Burns, or Willie Adamas? So the question, if it is who should get the extension, which I believe is how it's being posed uh, to the show, who should get the extension, I have to agree with you. I think Woody should get the extension. Who would I personally want to be extended would be Willie Adamas. Now, like you mentioned with click with pitching, when it comes to closers, you can, like you said, you can find a closer who can deal high MPH and get you through those last few innings of the game. I remember in high school, I was so sad when Jonathan Axford left Milwaukee the first time because I really liked the guy. But as I found out later, it doesn't really matter. You can find someone yes. K-Rod-esque, right. whatever, to come on in and take care of business at the back end of the, of the uh, game. For you. And they're so. not expensive at the deadline either. It's not that big of a deal. If you want to go get a closer at the deadline... You can go get a closer at the deadline to get you over the hump the second half of the season. Closer is not going to cost the same amount of money as a starter or as a big bat. Like Of the positions you can fill, the closer is one of them that I think you can fill more easily uh, than a stud pitcher or a big bat, especially a big bat in the middle of the field, right? A guy with some pop that plays short, second, or center, that becomes even more valuable than, say, a guy that's got pop, but again, I don't look at the Brewers when I say this, but easier to find than, say, a first or a third baseman with some power. So getting back to it, who do I personally want? I do want that extension to go to Adamus if I'm making the choice, just because like you and I were right here, spent the first hour of the Wendy's Big Show today dissecting the struggles of Christian Yelich, someone who we thought was going to be a generational bat for this team. And yep. as of right now, that hasn't really been the case. Willie has been consistent even before he came to Milwaukee. He was a consistent bat. He's, what is he, 26 right now? He's got a couple of years. He's 29 when he has free agency. Right, in 2025. So, I don't know. I would uh, rather maybe try it again See, if Yelich uh, doesn't uh, pan out. Now, granted, we're stuck with him and his money if he doesn't pan out for another however many years. Right, and again, I, I'm just not doing that again. I, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going down this road again with a bat. I, I'll go down this road. I'll, I'll give it a shot with a pitcher that I can get the cheapest. Patrick tweets at 1250 AM, the fan. None of them. Woodruff isn't a free agent until 2025. All three of them are until 2025. Uh, at which point, he'll be 32. Right. That's why I'd give him the money. Burns isn't a free agent until 2025 as well, and he'll be 30. Yep. Everything we've said on the air. Both aces will cost 30 to $35 million a year to keep. No, I disagree. I, I don't. At 32, that, that's a little bit older. I don't think it's going to cost you $30 million for Woodruff. Maybe I'll be wrong. I can't afford them. Trade both a year before they are free agents and start over with prospects. Uh, he didn't say anything about Willie Adamas uh, in his tweet uh, one way or the other. Uh, Mr. Kerbs uh, responded to that and said, I agree, but we're in the minority on this. I actually want one of them dealt for a bat. Sick of this all bats, no arms, or all bats, no arms uh, differential. Uh, and that is from Mr. Kerbs. For me, I wouldn't mind trading one of these pitchers, okay? But you can trade Lauer. Now, again, he's not going to get the Sam Halls back, right, as you would for the two guys we're talking about. You can trade Hauser again. He's not going to get the same Hall back as, as you would for the other two guys. And the reason you can trade both of them is because you have Ethan Small and Andy Ashby. So literally at the deadline, if you decide, okay, I'm actually going to trade a starting pitcher to get a first baseman, or I'm going to trade a starting pitcher to help out my issues at third base, or whatever the case may be, fine. Or I'm going to trade a starting pitcher, and I'm going to get two good relievers for my bullpen uh, to go forward. It's fine, too. I just don't think I'm trading the front three. I'm not. I'm fine trading one of the back two, Lauer or Hauser. I'm good with that. But I, I'm not willing to trade... The other ones. Now, how, how about this? Here, here's a proposition I have for you. What if you could unload Yelich's contract, but you have to include 
Woodruff or Peralta as part of the deal. You can move on from from Yelich, but you have to include Woodruff or Peralta in the deal. Now, to me, that's very entertaining. To me, I I I think I would think long and hard on that. I, I really do. If it's Freddie Peralta that you have to move on from in order to move Yelich, I think I'd do it and I wouldn't think twice about it. If it's you have to move in order to move Yelich, you have to package him with Woodruff. That one, I think I may, I don't know. I don't know what I would do there. If it's Woodruff and Yelich for whatever, I don't know what I would do. I think I would definitely move Peralta if that meant I could move on from Christian Yelich's contract. That I would do. Put that down as a topic uh, for next week, uh, AR. I want to do that as a topic next week. In order to move Yelich, if you could package Woodruff or Peralta with him, in order to get rid of that deal, would you do it? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast to me i i think i would definitely do it with peralta i I don't think about i don't know about woodruff but i would definitely do it with freddie peralta all right sparky's midday madness presented to you by the milwaukee admirals you want to join in 414-799-1250 414-799-1250 tweet us at 1250 a.m. The fan, Lawrence Holmes from 670 The Score. Don Chicago joined us uh, earlier on the Wendy's Big Show as we were talking Brewers and Cubs and all those things uh, earlier in the show and got in some good conversation about what the Cubs are actually trying to do. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to compete? Like, what's the direction uh, uh, with that team going forward and how good hits he think they're going to be? We'll let you hear that coming up in the next segment. Bob, south side of Milwaukee, you are next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up? Thanks a lot. Um, I don't disagree with uh, your analysis, but I'm just wondering, does the fact that the uh, playoffs have been expanded uh, kind of go into what you're calculating at, in terms of how many or the quality of players that are going to be available at the trade deadline. Less. If more teams think they have a chance to get yep. in, 
Uh, couldn't that pretty well dry up the market? It'll dry up some of it for sure, no question. But the good thing is you'll always have the Pittsburghs and Cincinnati's of the world that are going to be looking to sell. You're always going to have the Marlins of the world that are going to be looking to sell because they can't compete financially, so they're going to be looking to move on. But you are 1,000% right that you're probably going to negate four or five teams across baseball every year that if the playoffs weren't expanded would probably be selling off some of their players and now will probably hold on to them to try and make a playoff run. I think that's that's uh, that's a large part of it at this point, and that's why I think you're going to see more deals done in the offseason than you've seen done at the deadline in past years. It, it may really um, start to minimize the deadline and the deals that get done. You may only see you know one or two big deals get done at the deadline where in years past you've seen more. Well, and just one quick follow-up. If there's going to be a, a tighter market of available players, is that going to drive up the cost of what it's going to take to be able to get a closer Yes. Uh, if more people are clamoring for them, sure. for example? Yeah, I think so. I think that's definitely part of it. Th- thanks for the call. Let's go over this for a second. AR, look up something for me. How much did um, Kenley Jansen uh, sign for uh, in free agency? Uh, now, Trevor Rosenthal, the old Cardinals closer, I think he just did a workout this week, was it? Or he's going to have a workout coming up, coming off of injury, uh, and he's going to throw for teams. Uh, and that guy's closed in the big leagues before. Now, again, admin fancy, he's stunk. Uh, but he's been effective and been pretty good uh, across baseball. When we start talking about closers uh, and how many are going to be available, again, every team has a closer more times than not, right? So is everybody going to be in the market at the deadline for a closer? Maybe not. And that's why I think you're not going to be competing with six teams for the best starting pitcher. You may be competing with one team for the best available closer or best arm, maybe. I think that's the difference. More will be trying to find that big bat or trying to find that stud pitcher than will be looking for a back-end guy. Uh, yes, AR. Jansen signed for 16 mil. Now, what is that, that one-year deal? How, many, how long is yeah, that Yeah, just a one-year. Yeah. And that's right up the Brewers' alley. Brewers love one-year deals, right? Grandal, Moustakis, they don't mind that at all. So, again, that's an instance where you go out and you sign that closer. Now the deadline comes. If that team's out of it, now you can go get that guy and you're going to get him on a rental. And guess what? They're going to trade him because they've only got him on a one-year contract anyhow and the season went sideways. That's why, again, for me, I trade Josh Hader. Now, you're not going to do it this year if you're in it, obviously, but I think this offseason, toodles, see ya, got to go. And you move Josh Hader in, in for whatever it is that you're trying to find um, to add to this roster, I think that's how you do it. Or if you're looking to add to your farm system in a couple of different areas where you're struggling, see first base, if if that's what you're looking to do. Now, first base may take care of itself. If Keston Hira hits, and he was actually in the lineup today at first base, if Keston Hira hits, that may solve all first base woes going forward, and you may not be looking for a first baseman anymore. Uh, but you can definitely use Hader to fill roles or holes, I should say, on this roster. Toby Altizer comes up here at 3 o'clock, filling in for Rami Makhlouf on the Rami Show. But up next, we'll hear from Lawrence Holmes from 670 to the score as we talk Brewers-Cubs next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Tigers on a roll. He's parred two holes in a row after bogeying four of the first five. But he's still at plus four. Uh, And that's plus – is he plus four on the day or plus four overall? That's plus four overall. He started so he, one under. Holy cow. So he's five over on the day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we were talking in the break, Toby Altizer and I, about uh, Freddie Peralta. So I looked up Peralta's contract. Peralta, you want to talk about it. It's absolute steal. And he's probably kicking himself. But Freddie Peralta is under contract this year at age, 20, at age 26 uh, at, let's see here, $2.2 million or so. 2023, $3.5 million. In 2024, 5.5 million. Get this. They have club options on Peralta for 2025 at age 29 for $8 million and 2026 at $8 million. If I'm reading this correctly, I think I'm reading this correctly. Uh, club option. Cl- yeah. 8 million, both years, 25 and 26. He has free agency in 27 uh, at age 31. That's a steal. You want to talk about the David Stearns contract? of all time 
I, I think it's the Freddie Peralta contract for certain, especially now looking at what you're going to have to pay Burns uh, and Woodruff uh, and the like. All right, Lawrence Holmes, 670 The Score. Follow him on Twitter at Lawrence W. Holmes. Lawrence Holmes show weekdays from noon to 2 on The Score. Joined uh, Gary and myself earlier in the show before Leroy got here, uh, and we talked about uh, the Cubs uh, and win projections and so forth. And I brought up to him that, you know, I, I came in thinking they're they're going to be awful. Uh, and I brought up Rami, who told me he thinks they're going to win 80 games. And I asked Lawrence Holmes where he thought uh, they were going to fall. I'm stuck because there really aren't any expectations for this Cubs team. There there aren't. And the Cubs have done a real good job of, of making you feel like there are no expectations for this Cubs team. They didn't do a ton in the offseason, but the moves that they did make, I like. I like them adding Marcus Stroman to the mix. I like them adding Seiya Suzuki. I, I didn't like Nick Madrigal as a White Sox, but I think where the Cubs are at in their winning window, I think he makes perfect sense as the type of player that you can try and develop. There, I, I look at the, the National League Central like this. There are two teams that we know aren't trying at all. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati aren't trying at all. Then I think Milwaukee and St. Louis are better than what the Cubs rosters have. But how much better? And, and that's going to be a question for what the Cubs try to figure out between now and August 2nd. Are they going to be in a position where they might maybe add, but all, like, all of the things have to go right for them to, to be in that position? Kyle Hendricks has to be the pitcher that he was yesterday. Marcus Stroman has to be as good as he's ever been. They have to find some luck inside of, of that rotation. Then. They've got to have guys have career years in some cases and, and find out that, that Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel aren't Fugazi. You know, like they, they're actually real players that just need an opportunity. If Wilson Contreras, do you see what I'm doing? You see, I'm going like guy by guy, and I'm telling you that everything has to go right. That's where they're at right now. Like they're, they're a franchise that is in flux. But I'm telling you, this Suzuki dude, watch him down in Arizona. I, I've watched a ton of tape on him. I love his swing. He seems to get it. He wants to be good. He wants to learn. And, and I think that they've got a chance. I'm with Rami. Like, I saw the 73-and-a-half number, and I was like, man, pound the over. Now, how much over, I don't know if I agree with him on, but I understand where he's coming from that they might be better than what they look like on paper. Lawrence, I got to ask you this, and Steve kind of brought up a little bit, but outside looking in, your view of Christian Yelich and what should they do with them? After just one game, what they'll tell you it's been two years, everybody's ready to either send them to AAA, uh, move him to seventh, uh, bench him, What's your thoughts on maybe how the Brewers should handle Christian Yelich? Should they move him down? Should they send him to AAA? Uh, your thoughts? I, when it comes to Yelich, I know that the, he's been on the struggle bus, and when I, it, I don't think it's too like it's hard to to count twenty twenty as like a full season. And I know that he didn't hit the ball well, but he was still an above-average player. Like, he was at, what, 786 OPS or whatever? So he was an above-average player, and he still plays defense for you. I think that you can't make a judgment just based off – like, every – these past two seasons are so weird when it comes to player projections on what it is. I would at least like to see Brewers fans allow Yellish to get to, I don't know, Memorial Day before they really panic. And I know that it, it stinks that you have a player that you've invested a lot in, that he's really supposed to be the centerpiece of what this Brewers bunch is all about. But I'd like to give him at least until Memorial Day before I say a, a guy who's a, a career 856 OPS is just done. Talking with Lawrence Holmes, mm. the Lawrence Holmes Show, 670 The Score. 
in Chicago. Follow him on Twitter uh, at Lawrence uh, W. Holmes. What do you think uh, of Ross uh, as a manager of the Cubs? It, it seems like he is well-liked and well-respected from everything I can tell outside looking in, but you're in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it because I host the David Ross show. Um, I <laughs> I really like Rossi. And what I think is interesting about this upcoming season is that pretty much all of his guys are gone. There's still a couple that are hanging around that he was teammates with. But now he's in a position where he can really kind of do the things that he wants to do. From a tactical standpoint, I get along with him really well. Like as a fan, I watch Mm -hmm. what he does in games and I go, those moves make sense. He has the confidence of everyone in the organization. And I was wondering if after what happened in the second half of last season, if that would sour him on managing because it got to him. Like I would have him on the show and he would talk about it's different. Like as a player, you know what to do when your team's in an 11 game losing streak, like you just go and work a little bit harder. You grind, you get your opportunities. He's like, as a manager, you feel helpless in those situations. Like you're trying to put guys in the right spot, but it, it ends up being whether or not those guys perform. I like his approach. I love his personality. And I hope that the front office gives him what he needs to succeed. I hope that they, they do look at this, and you know, I, earlier this week on my show, my buddy Steven Nelson from MLB Network made mention of the fact that from what he was told, the Cubs were really close on Carlos Correa, that, that it, it came down to some, some changes in Correa's management, but they were close, and that he thinks that, that if he opts out of Minnesota after the one year, there might be an opportunity for the Cubs to kind of swoop back in there so, and get them. How different does this entire National League Central look if the Cubs would have gotten Carlos Correa? How different does it look going forward if they do get him? So with Rossi, if you can give, I think if he has the, the, the materials, he's going to be a great manager. And without the materials, I think he's still pretty good. Talk with Lawrence Holmes from 670 The Score. I want to hop in because this came out a little while ago. John Heyman, uh, our Odyssey MLB insider, New York Post, uh, MLB Network insider, said that Aaron Judge, today was the deadline to get his deal done before first pitch, and Cashman, uh, the GM of the Yankees, said it's not getting done. The offer they made him was $30.5 million over seven years on the extension. That's above Trout and Betts, plus $19 million this year, so that would make it two thirty-three over eight years. That's huge. Now, to me, that means he just doesn't want to be a Yankee anymore. Yankee anymore. He's going to play this out and head to free agency. It, it, that type of money, are, are we going to see the Cubs spend that type of money to try and make a splash? Yeah, I do. I think that they are going to do that. I mean, you look at what ownership is doing right now for the Cubs. I mean, they, they spend a lot of money on, say, a Suzuki. Remember, it's not just the salary, it's also right. the posting fee when you're getting someone from Japan. Yep. And also, like, that, that ownership group is trying to buy Chelsea. So, they got the money. It, it's now a matter of, can Jed put the right pieces around and then, when the opportunity comes to get a big-name free agent, spend. I think the Correa's deal, I love Correa's deal, because he guarantees himself $105 million, but he also gives an op- himself an opportunity to opt out if he doesn't like the situation. With Judge, I, you know, maybe he doesn't want to be a Yankee anymore. I, I'm all for player empowerment, so if this is what you want to do, great. I, it's hard for us to go, man, you're really going to just turn down $230 million? Like, that's a lot to try and turn down. So it, it's a struggle for me to try to figure out exactly what he wants to get done but yeah, man, like I, I'm not surprised that he turned all of the stuff down. Steve, how how much time we got? We got about uh, three minutes. All right, Don't I'm gonna you dare ask me about the Bears, Gary. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit, Steve. Uh, I want to know what Lawrence think about the Bears' new head coach, GM, all the uh, good stuff that they got going over there. I, uh, I Khalil really Mack like- gone. You throw him in there too. Mac, the Mac trade made sense to me. What I like so far about Ryan Pohl 
is he doesn't seem like he's beholden to anybody. And the concern for all of us was, is he going to have the authority to do what he wants? Hmm. And I think when you see that Mac trade go down, you see that he has the authority to do what he wants. This year is going to be awful for the Bears. I can't see any way around it. They're going to be terrible. Unless Justin Fields makes a a quantum leap, they're going to be terrible. But I think they're setting themselves up with the salary cap and, and getting rid of what was a terrible roster that Ryan Pace left for Ryan Poles to really go out and spend money. The Larry Ogunjobi thing was bad. They, they thought they had to deal with him. They took him in, got a physical. He wasn't fit, and that meant that they lost out on other free agents. But overall, I, I like the direction they're headed, even though it's going to be ugly Good. next season. Ugly, says Lawrence Holmes about those Chicago Bears. That makes everybody smile, I would assume. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. That was Lawrence Holmes earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. If you missed anything fun and exciting on the uh, Wendy's Big Show today, which I guarantee you we did because we talked about a lot of different stuff. First, I was all about Christian Yelich. How long do you give him to figure it out at the play? A ton of reaction uh, on that one. Lawrence Holmes, obviously, we talked about uh, the piece written by Rob Demosky and ESPN about the ACL injuries from Bakhtiari, Jenkins, and, and Robert Tunyon. Uh, also got into some Debo Samuel talk there in the last hour of the show. Talked about the Bucks playing for the two seed. Covered a lot in today's Wendy's Big Show. If you missed it, go to BigShowNetwork.com. BigShowNetwork.com. Uh, or also you can download that Odyssey app and hit rewind. A-U-D-A-C-Y. I've got the Masters on the TV here. So uh, Adam Roberts uh, just called my attention to something while that interview was playing. Uh, about something that just happened that uh, I've seen happen to my club when I've played, uh, but I've never seen it happen to a pro, uh, Adam Roberts. What happened? Yeah, I've never seen this at the pro level either. I've seen it a grand total of once when I was competing. I saw it happen to someone else, never to me, but it's still wild when it happens. So the guy's name is Hudson Swafford. It, make that on a list of, is this a real name or right. is this a create a character yep. on Tiger PGA Tour? So Swafford is on, and I don't know which hole it was, but he's on his second shot going on to the green, his approach, and as he takes his shot, the club head makes contact with the ball and then flies right off, disconnects from the shaft of the club completely. Yeah, that was crazy. And he still overshot the green. He still overshot the green, but his hands went up like, what happened to my club head? So my question is this, is he screwed now? So now he just can't replace that club because it broke? That is actually a really good question. Now, golf, more than maybe any other sport other than maybe baseball, has just the most long-listed strict rules in the world. So I'd have to look that up. Toby Altizer is in here. I wonder if he knows. We'll ask Toby Altizer if he knows the rule for the PGA uh, Tour. So the head just snapped off the club and went flying down uh, the fairway or whatever else. So now does he get a chance to replace that club or is he just stuck playing without that whatever it was, three wood, five wood, whatever it is? Yes. Hold, hold, I'm not, hold, on, hold on a second. Hold on. Go ahead, AR. Uh, to be fair, you did kind of lay that one up. Yes, to I will. I and do that, have the official rule, though, from USGA. I was going to lay it up to him after the commercial break, but go ahead. Okay. What do you got? So according to the USGA, a player is not allowed to replace a damaged club That's what I except oh. when it is damaged during the round by an outside influence or natural forces or by someone other than the player or his or her caddy. I don't know if this qualifies as natural forces unless he's like, well, it's my natural body force no, that made this happen. So, no, so no. he's screwed then, right? So he's screwed. Uh, that's that's too bad. I've never seen that happen on the Pro Tour before. First time for everything. Up next, Toby Altizer filling in for Rami Makhlouf on the Rami Show. He'll join us straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. A lot of cool things going on with the Admirals this week. And check them out. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Affordable family fun. We went last Sunday. Had an absolute blast. You will as well. Joining me now, Toby Altizer, filling in for Rami Makhlouf on the Rami Show from 3 to 6 today. Toby, uh, you say that he can replace the club. We had a golfer just uh, had the club head break off of the shaft of the club and go rolling down the fairway earlier. I'd ask, okay, can you replace it or not? Adam looked up what he thought was the current rule, which says uh, that you cannot. Uh, Toby, what, what say you? 
Yeah, no. I, I can't hear you. You have to go closer to the microphone. First time. Is that better? There we go. Yeah, I, I've never hosted before. Yeah, so I know. First oh, time. Learning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you can replace it. As long as it's in the course of a swing or something like that, something you can't really control. As long as you're not bashing it off a tee box marker or snapping it over your leg, like I'm sure, you know, we've done a time or two, at least some of you I'm sure have. I haven't snapped anything, but I have thrown a club or two. But yeah, as long as you're not doing something like that, it's just in the course of a regular swing, you can replace it. It just course of the swing, you should be able to replace it. But he's on the back nine, so I don't know that they'll really have time to replace it by the time he's finishing up today. He also uses PXG, so maybe this shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. PXG's nice. You don't uh, like PXG, Adam? Not really. I've always been, uh, shoot. They're uh, expensive. Well, yeah. Yes, they absolutely are. So it's at least it's not a good look. For PXG. All right, Adam, what do you got? Not Adam. Toby, what do you got coming up on your show today at three? Oh, you know, talking about the popular topic that you talked about on the big show. You talked to Bart talked about it this morning. Christian Yelich. We'll get yep. well I'll give my thoughts about him, talk a little bit about the Bucks as they wrap up their season this week. Then maybe we'll dive into a little bit of Packers. Got draft mockery coming up at four forty five. And the one and only Ryan Horvat joins us at three forty five. So I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on the Cubs winning yesterday over the Brewers and we'll get his thoughts on the the NBA playoffs coming up. So uh what's on uh the the draft today what do you guys got going on uh we might do mlb ballparks who is the other person with you and sam we'll probably have evan you evan and sam huh you don't sound very confident that you have evan you said we'll probably have evan well not 100 percent sure yet oh yeah y'all y'all should like book your guests out for like the week and then y'all don't got not, not well you. i didn't even know i was hosting today, not, you, know? not you <laughs> Not you. No, but yeah, come on, man. Uh, All right, we'll take a quick time. I'll come back. You'll hear from the aforementioned Toby Altizer filling in for Rami on the Rami Show straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. Toodles. Have a good weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 